Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. I recently presented oral argument before the United States Supreme Court in a case that will have national precedent for free speech. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me on Faith and Freedom is Holly Mead to talk about this important case. You know, Matt, I'm sure I, I know listening to you uh, arguing for the Supreme Court was a very surreal moment for me, thinking of all that we've been through, all that you've been through, all that we've been through as a team to actually get there at that moment and hear you arguing this case and I bet it was surreal for you as well. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is a surreal thing. Um, both times before that, and this is my third in-person oral argument, we've had many other cases before the Supreme Court, it's always surreal, but this one is more so. Mm. It's more so because of the situations we've been through. Yeah, we've had a lot of spiritual warfare in the last couple of years. Yeah, we have, uh, with all the mandates on churches and then the other mandates uh, on people and, and yeah. the lockdowns and the restrictions and so forth and COVID itself you know um, in fact if you kind of go back before we even talk about this specific case I sent an email uh, that you read I sent it to our staff and contrasting September 30 2021 to January 18 2022 on September 30 I was at home. I was connected to an oxygen concentrator that we purchased because I had COVID, and I had a very bad case of COVID. Other people have had COVID, and they didn't have such a bad case, but my case went into a very severe situation, but I had a lot of good medical treatment. I had already resolved I was not going to go to the hospital because the hospitals were not giving good treatment. Right, use therapeutics, which use therapeutics, you. nutraceuticals, yeah. and other kinds of uh, multi-sequence medication that is known to help treat COVID. But it was on that day, about 10:30, I got a call from Harry Mehet, one of our attorneys, vice president of legal affairs, that the Supreme Court accepted review in the case of Shirtliffe, City of Boston. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, I would not have been able to argue it because of my lung capacity, because it really hit my lungs. Mm -hmm. But over time, the Lord just incredibly blessed and transformed. And so when I stood up on January 18, moving fast forward 2022, and I opened up by saying, Mr. Chief Justice, mm -hmm. and may it please the court, and I opened into my two-minute presentation my lungs were strong, my lungs were clear, my voice was strong, my mind was sharp, and I was really ready to go, kind of like it's equivalent to an Olympic athlete for an attorney right. to argue at the Supreme Court. But that was a very emotional moment for me to hear you and to think we've come this far, and there you are before them arguing this case. Yeah, it's incredible. And then to have that opportunity is one thing. Mm -hmm. To see what the Lord brought us through to bring us to that right. point is another and it's a very small minority who actually get to argue before the Supreme Court, right? Yeah, it's, so you know, the, it's there's only about 70 to 80 at the most cases, more like 70 cases that are ever accepted every year for review. And of those cases, uh, you don't have 70 different attorneys that uh, argue all those because you have sometimes attorneys that will argue more than one. So I truly believe this is God's plan. This is going to set a national precedent. This has an effect on the free speech of every Christian 
And so this will set a national precedent. So God has a plan. His hand is on this. It really is. I mean, it's very rare to get a case before the Supreme Court. Um, and then it's even more rare to actually argue the case before the Supreme Court. But in this case, it will set national precedent because it arises out of Boston, the cradle of liberty. And it comes out of an event for Constitution Day with Camp Constitution. You can really almost create these facts to make a fictitious story, but in reality, this is true. Camp Constitution wanted to have a, an event to honor Constitution Day. It's a federally recognized day. And they wanted to do it in Boston's public forums. Boston had opened up its places that called it public forums, which is a technical term. And they said it's open to all applicants. In reality, we found out it's open to all applicants except those with a religious viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So for 12 years, Boston, not only in terms of the uh, place on the ground, but also the flagpoles, they opened those for private expression. 284 applications, no denials. And then Camp Constitution's application, and they denied it solely because of the word Christian on the application. They said to Hal Shirtliff, the founder of Camp Constitution, if you called the Christian flag anything but Christian... If you lied, yeah, it would be okay. It would be okay. And kind of like uh, afterward, a man from Sudan, as I was speaking to the media, conceptualized to him what that meant. Right. He's a U.S. citizen now, but he said in Sudan, Christians that profess Christ are beheaded. But if you lie and you deny Christ, you live. He said what Boston wanted Hal Shirtliff to do is deny Christ. Lie. No, this is not a Christian flag. Disassociate any Christian components to it. The flag itself could have flown. It wasn't the flag that's the problem. It's your view of that flag. I mean, that's even worse. The flag could have flown for an hour while the event was taking place at the base of the flagpole. People dressed in costume honoring Constitution Day and the citizen of the Christian community going all the way back to John Adams and his son, John Quincy Adams, the sixth president, and then Samuel Adams, his second cousin, all these founding fathers, Christians that were residents of Massachusetts, wanted to honor that history, recognize that. That's why they had the Christian flag. Right. So we, we took the case, and it seemed like a done deal, a no-brainer, but we lost four times at the lower courts. Four, four times, yeah. Four. Four times, yeah. The four times. Uh, the district court actually issued three orders against, uh, three orders, um, and then two of those were denying our preliminary injunction, denying our summary judgment, argued those before the Court of Appeals, three to zero losses both times. And we're like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, Losing four times was unbelievable because we should not have lost. It should have been a straightforward case. But the lower court issued a dangerous decision, and the Supreme Court recognized that and decided to take the case up. The good news is that even the liberal media, for example, uh, Newsweek and the Washington Post, issued a headline that says Supreme Court seems to believe that Boston made a mistake and should have flown right. the Christian flag. And don't forget, the ACLU and the United States of America both uh, were on our side. Yeah, they filed amicus briefs on our side. And the United States Solicitor General, Assistant Solicitor General, actually argued as part of the argument in defense of our position. I encourage anyone uh, to go to our website, lc.org, and listen to the oral argument. It was very, very informative. Yeah, you can go to lc.org. And also we have a special web page, lc.org forward slash flag, where we consolidate everything. We have the transcript and the oral argument. I encourage you to listen to it. 
because you'll see how this process goes. But it was a surreal moment, but the case will have national precedent. We don't know which way the court will go, obviously, but based upon the oral arguments, uh, we were very pleased and just thankful, thankful, thankful to the Lord for bringing us there and for providing favor to us during that presentation. The court has already meet, met together, the justices, they've already met together following the oral argument, and they've already voted which way the case is going. So we don't know what that vote is. One of the justices has been assigned to write the opinion, and that is in the process as we speak. And that opinion will be released to the public sometime between now and the end of June when the term ends. But the case will have a national unprecedented because here's the issue. Is this private speech? And if it is, Boston loses. Mm -hmm. And Boston admitted if it's a private speech in a public forum, they lose. They have no defense. Or is it government speech? Well, the question is who is speaking on this flagpole? Well, usually, obviously, the government speaks on a flagpole. They have their flags there. But in this case, Boston did something very different. In addition to having a designated public forum on the ground, they also used the flagpole as one of its places for public viewpoints to be expressed. So for 12 years, from 2005 to 17, 284 flag-raising requests were granted, no denials. In the year after this 2017 event in 2018, 50 applications were submitted, no denials, including one from Metro Credit Union. Wow, and that, that was many countries, even LGBT, Pride flag, all those different... Malcolm X. Yeah, all those different kinds of flags flew there. Yeah, all kinds of flags flew there. And so who is actually speaking when they take down their flag and they allow a private group to raise a flag. It's no different than an after-school club who speaks. Well, during the workday, the school is speaking through its teaching. But after school, when it opens its facilities, those facilities, even though they're on public property, it's private expression that's happening there. Good News Club, maybe the local soccer or baseball group for the young people that attend the school. That's the question. And who is speaking clearly are private individuals. The problem is, is that Boston then said, no, you're not welcome if you have a Christian viewpoint. The implications are staggering. Pray for the case. Go to lc.org forward slash flag. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. We hope that we have motivated you to stand up for your faith, family, and freedom. Get informed and get involved today. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org where you can obtain email alerts and other information to keep you informed and involved. The website again, lc.org. You can also call us at 407-875-1776.